I'm really not that negative a person. I wouldn't even be ashamed of it if I was, but I'm telling you, honestly, I'm not. Anyway, I hate soccer. It's just hockey with all the good stuff taken out. In hockey, you can ram someone into the boards. In soccer, they just go out of bounds. In hockey, if you get whacked in the mouth by the butt of a stick and it knocks a tooth out, you just spit that boy onto the ice and get back on defense. In soccer, I'm pretty sure the rules require you to wince and maybe even cry anytime you trip and hit the turf. Hockey has tiny goals that require precision and elite attacking strategy. Soccer has big-ass nets that open space a blind guy could hit. Anyway, I don't want to ramble. Point is, I hate soccer. This is important because Kylie worked at the Dignity Health Sports Complex, whatever the hell they call it. It's where the Galaxy play. Tell me that name pisses you off as much as it pisses me off. I swear I'm not a negative person. Who's going to say all those damn words? We call Staples Center Staples, which is kind of in excess because the name is already short. Dodger Stadium, SoFi, easy and way better sports play there. Thankfully, we're not idiots and we found a way around that long-ass name by calling it the Diggy. I'm rambling really bad now. Point is, Kylie works at the Diggy. How am I supposed to seduce and marry a chick that works at a soccer stadium? And let me stop you right now before you say some stupid shit like DM her on Insta. Shut up. I'm not a horny 11-year-old. I'm a grown-ass man. I talk to women in person like a gentleman. Yes, I maybe stalk social media, get a slight advantage, but that's just being practical. I mean, I'd be an idiot to ignore a public profile packed with my potential wife's interests. You're going to be stupid now and ask if this girl even knows if I exist, huh? Well, dipshit, she does. See, she used to work for the Kings. She handed out stuff at giveaways and pretty much just looked cute so you'd connect her smile and unmatched beauty with this particular sports organization. And thus, continue to support them, even as they waste the talents of the best defensemen in the NHL. It worked. I went to like 15 games that season, even though I only ever saw her there twice. How did I know she changed jobs? You'd have to know me, because if you did, you'd know that I've always been a natural detective. That means I found her on Instagram, and on occasion, I check in to see if she posted anything new and interesting. It's not creepy at all, really. I don't even watch her stories. Wait. You not knowing about my prowess for finding people reminds me that you probably need a little more info about me for this story to make any sense. So... Let me start by giving you a little auto-bio. Keyword, little. I'm not a big skirt chaser, to use a super old term that even I'm not sure why I just used. I've had girlfriends, sure, but they're few and far in between. This is mostly because I don't like people in general. To give you an idea, I like animals more than like people, and I hate animals. Cats walk around in their own toilet and dogs literally eat their own vomit. If I go to your house and you have an animal and it touches me, I'm leaving. Anyway... It's pretty rare for me to connect with a female in a romantic way, like more than friends that sometimes knock it. Sure, I get crushes and flings and such because I'm a guy and pretty girls are nice, but they very rarely stick. Maybe I'm hard to deal with or my standards are too high, but they're the same standards I hold myself to, so those won't be changing anytime soon. I know this about myself and I'm comfortable with it. This is why when I first met Kylie, and really when I first saw her, I locked in like a mother effer. She was real. And I ID'd that immediately. Okay, back to the story. What happened was I asked her out. Like, the second time I saw her, I told you I was locked in. She recognized me from our first meeting, so I switched conversation mode into a slightly more intimate level this time. Still some small talk BS I knew I had to get in to avoid scaring her right away. But the questions were just kind of sort of starting that journey toward approaching personal. Kylie's that annoying type of girl that always smiles and is obscenely friendly, so you really have to dig deep to see whether she likes you, thinks you're very nice, is just being like this to everyone, or would hypothetically bang you. I mean that in the most respectful way, of course. 
Don't get mad just because it's direct. Every time you smile at the opposite sex, you're pretty much at the deepest level saying, hey, want to boink? It's biology. You know, grow up. The trick is to look into your target's eyes. Now, I don't mean at the eyes. I mean into them. A girl who at least likes you will hold eye contact, and they won't squint as much. If she squints a lot, that means she's forcing friendliness, a.k.a. she's like that with everyone. However, if she's breaking eye contact with you, like regularly, she either finds you incredibly boring or slightly intimidating. She's trying to hide something from you, possibly a feeling of attraction or one of disgust. Kylie didn't do any of this. Kylie never made eye contact past the initial replies. She did this even more noticeably the second time. She looked at other guys, girls, kids, the beer stand, etc., but not at me. A rookie would say she's not really interested, but I knew this was because I was really intimidating her. Trust me on this one. I knew right away. Look, I had it in my head, as you should with every romantic interest because life is too short, that I was going to marry this girl. So it wasn't a big deal. No obstacle was going to get in my way, but I needed to move in ASAP and get this girl to a cafe somewhere with myself and a big-ass cappuccino in front of her. Girls like this don't stay single for long. I asked real quick about what she was like trying to be, career goals, if you will. Of course, she said a teacher, a kindergarten teacher, because she's perfect. So I spun that around and talked about how a lot of my aunts were teachers, thus taking that all-important baby step out of small talk. Now she knows my family, so the wedding won't be awkward with her surrounded by strangers. You probably don't actually care, and I don't need you knowing my family's secrets. Plus, I'm not going to give away all of my seduction tactics in a damn short story, so let's just skip ahead. I asked her straight up, like, let's get coffee, or whatever, under the thin-ass pretense of, why not? If I thought she was operating in a low frequency of eye contact before... Well, right away she said she didn't have time. The memory is foggy with details, and yes, I do consider this trauma, and no, I'm not going to a psycho weirdo to work it out. Anyway, she dodged it, but in a way it was less than convincing. Yes, this is what guys do, and in this day and age, even asking her out was probably considered rape by some people. I get it. No means no, etc., etc. That's the politically correct way to look at it. But in the real world, when you find your wife, you gotta go get her. If you were blessed with the vision of seeing your soulmate first, and she didn't realize it yet, that mother effort is your burden and your privilege to realize. If fate and all that metaphysical junk mean anything, then we were supposed to meet. Destined to meet, if you want to make it weird. We were supposed to be from LA. We were supposed to like sports, specifically hockey. So boom, whiny feminazi zero, the universe one. I'm sure the score is much more lopsided than that. So that's what happened at Staples. Back to the diggy. Kylie somehow got a job working at the Diggy as a ticket booth person or sometimes as a guest relations officer, blah, blah, blah. I know this, of course, because as I said earlier, I used to follow her on some social media. However, I then thought about how that was weird because I didn't actually know her. Like, what if we started talking and she was like, what's your Insta? And I tell her and she sees I already follow her and liked her stuff and it gets really awkward. So I unfollowed her and unliked all those posts as soon as I had that enlightenment. But of course, as I said, I still check in from time to time in a very non-creepy way. Luckily, she has like 10,000 followers, so I'd probably go unnoticed. Kylie works at the Diggy. I want to marry Kylie. Thus, I need to make my way to the Diggy. Life is usually much simpler than we make it. I didn't even know when soccer season was. It must be like baseball, right? Spring weather, but dipping into summer... Well, I looked it up, and yeah, it's pretty close. It was actually fortunate for me because I had plenty of time to plan how exactly I was going to run into her and how I could organically spark up something and then spin it into a date or whatever. 
I had like four months, which meant like 10 or so games to make my move. Now, when dealing with high stakes like this, variance is key. I can't just show up and pull the trigger. Gotta be more like a 5-5-6 round than a grenade, you know? I need at least, at least three games to process it. A beginning, middle, and end kind of thing. And of course, I would need a game or two to bridge that gap. Like, oh yeah, I was at that game, didn't see you. Adding to that, this type of thing is very situational, so I can't just set a date and attack because so many things can change. Maybe she looks sad one day. Maybe she got sick and called in. Anything can happen at any moment, so I can't afford to chance it on something so fickle. I need a margin of error, which means I pretty much need to go to every home game. I hate soccer so much. The first game was a Wednesday, so I had to go right after work. I usually take the train to work because I hate driving and sometimes I read, but since I had to drive down to Carson after, I had to take my car, which also meant I need to pay like 10 bucks to park at my own goddamn job, then another 15 to park at the damn stadium. You know, this is why guys buy hookers. It's not because they're sex addicts or they just want a sleazy time. It's just cheaper. I've honestly never hired a woman for those kinds of services, but I understand the rates range from like, I don't know, 100 bucks or something. That's a steal compared to dating. Of course, that's $100 for one and done, assuming. If you want a partner, if you want kids, companionship and all that, you gotta pay for it. Through the damn nose, too. In fact, you need to drop bills just for the opportunity, as is demonstrated right here. So it's Wednesday, boring shit aside, I make it to the stadium about 45 minutes early, as planned. In the parking lot, which is thankfully much smaller than a real sports stadium parking lot, I hang out for a little, just focus on the task at hand. I'm here by myself because this is a recon mission. No need for a wingman. After I attain my focus and prepare, I avoid overthinking by hopping right out, making my way to the stadium. Right away I realize I should have worn something Galaxy to blend in better, but and again, that's like another $30 burnt. Plus everyone here is probably miserable if soccer is their favorite sport, so I just need to keep my head down and I should blend in anyway. At the gate I get in pretty easily. This is another benefit of soccer, it's so boring and unexciting that no one goes to these things, so getting in and out is super simple. I've been to the Diggy. Back then it was known as the Home Depot Center only one time before and I, only because my parents got me free tickets and I was much younger. So anyway, I go ahead and take a lap around the venue, get my bearings back. During this time, I am extremely vigilant. Head on a swivel, if you will. The entire mission would be compromised if Kylie saw me first. Fortunately, that didn't happen. I was walking along the little section with all the fancy foods and the picnic tables as if I want to eat next to a stranger at any point much less one that I know likes soccer. Anyway, there's a part of the stadium right there that holds the championship trophies and the legend-worn jerseys. The display kind of digs into where you can see the field, and apparently some offices might be there too because I was scoping it out. And that's when I saw Kylie come out of the door. She looked neutral. Her beauty presence always kind of shocks me awake. If I was a whiny poet, I'd say something like, it's as if I had been asleep my whole life. And when my eyes met hers, I was awake for the first time. Now, whenever she leaves, I just drift back to the sleep of my uninteresting, hollow life. Don't stop listening. I'm just saying that's what I would think if I was lame as hell. Anyway, she didn't look happy, but she wasn't sad either. Maybe cold is the best way to put it. Interestingly enough, she also looked like there was no urgency in her work. But maybe that was just because soccer has so much downtime and it's so often just guys running around open space doing nothing. I obviously don't know how these jobs work, but my best guess would be that she just clocked out and maybe they let them watch the game or whatever. She moved slowly away from the door and went to that little gap where you could see the field and she watched warm-ups for a while. All I could do was stand there, 
Now that I'm thinking about it, I must have looked like Ted effing Bundy staring at her like that. I'm lucky I didn't get tased or asked to leave. I don't even know what I was looking for exactly. Maybe I just enjoyed seeing her, like, not in a memory or on a five-inch screen. She literally wasn't moving, just watching the game, and I was so hypnotized. I, I could have watched the back of her windbreaker ripple in the breeze all night. I definitely could have watched it with more excitement than the actual soccer game. After what seemed like a chunk of timeless space, she turned and started walking along behind the seats. I quickly approached to a comfortable distance so I could see which section she was heading toward. I swear she walked so slowly, like she floats. This was so extreme that my pace almost caught hers, and I got dangerously close. For a split second, I was actually thinking about just stopping her and saying hi, like how a meth head has that moment of clarity. All my self-consciousness and other junk calmed down, and I was like, this won't be weird. She might even be happy to see someone she kind of knows. The key point in that moment would be the duration of it, a split second. I regained the safe following distance and noticed that she was actually heading for the exit. I stopped. Kylie doesn't actually like soccer. This is just a job to her. She probably took it because it was open and she thought it was a good stepping stone towards a real sports job. Now, I'm thinking if this is a good thing or a bad thing, her liking soccer gave me an out. We could never realistically be a couple with any future if she wanted to put soccer on our TV. I refuse to raise children that wear jerseys with big-ass sponsors on the front. Now, if I'm right and she doesn't like soccer, we're completely perfect for each other. I'm really going to marry this girl. I did good. First objective completed, and I got the data I needed. I don't know why I'm saying it like this. It sounds so sterile and nerdy. Point is, I got to the stadium, saw Kylie, and learned something about her. Most importantly, I didn't F it up on day one. There's going to be more chips on the table for day two, though. The main thing I need from this trip is to engage with her. This is not easy. At the same damn time, I need to look hot, act smooth, give off a friendly vibe, be non-threatening, be natural, and charm her. I do not need to make her fall in love with me, of course. This is level one contact. Say hi, maybe make some light small talk, then act like I need to get back to my people. Simple. Let's do it. Saturday games are busier, but that's a good thing. I can blend in better. Plus, I have my roommate with me this time. He's really cool to help me out, even though I am buying his beers for the night. It was the only way I could lure him to a soccer game. It goes without saying that he doesn't know what I'm really here to do. We got here early again, got to the stadium pretty easily. I told my friend that we should just hang out by the food section and get a beer, knowing that Kylie's office would be within view, and I could not only confirm that she was working tonight, but could also get a gauge on her mood. Little did I know, this buddy of mine was all of a sudden a beer connoisseur. His first drink was just south of 20 bucks. And he tried to make it seem like less of a big deal by claiming I shouldn't have tipped, as if the small percentage of money I spent that actually went to the labor involved was the issue. See what I mean about the allure of prostitutes? Now I'm burning money on dudes just to get to the girl. You might have started reading this thinking it was crazy or too anal to go through the process of planning out a seduction strategy, but who has the money not to? Love and business aren't that different, even though one is much more exciting than the other. If you want success in these things, you need to budget, plan, and execute. That's just the way it is. It was starting to get dangerously close to warm-ups, and I still hadn't seen Kylie. Time is always one's worst enemy, and I knew that I couldn't sit here all game without my friend feeling like something was off, and probably hounding me for wasting his time. The paradox here, of course is that soccer is a god-awful spectator experience. But if you are dragged out of the house to a stadium, you want to then watch the god-awful experience because the energy has already been spent. 
Sure enough, this dude asked me if we should grab our seats, and he brazenly threw in a request for another beer. I had my back against the wall, so I relented. We got up and made our trek, with me dragging my feet just in the off chance Kylie would peek her little blonde head out of that same door as we crossed. Yes, of course I bought tickets right in front of those offices. At a certain point, I admitted defeat and followed my pal up the stairs to my seats. Then I shifted gears to plan B. Soccer doesn't tick down, it ticks up. This is a violation of everything we understand about time. In football, real football, your biggest opponent is time. Watch any NFL game and pay attention to how teams can get some momentum going, only to realize that they just won't get the ball back enough times to make it matter. It's not the defense or the coaches or injuries or money. Your main opponent is time. The same kind of goes for soccer, but it ticks up for some reason. You're not running from the 0-0. You're weary of the 45 or the 90. Even then, it's not that important because the ref can just arbitrarily add time to the game based on injuries and such. Why the F wouldn't you just stop the clock? Why the extra step of adding time at the end? However, I will give them this. Time in soccer is more akin to time in real life. You can't wait for the 0-0 in real life because unless you're in the jigsaw killer's basement, you don't ever know when that is. Even if you get diagnosed with something terminal, the doctor gives you an estimate. Six months of life remaining could be six months and two weeks, six months and two days, and unlike soccer, it might even mean less than the diagnosis. Time is always fleeting, obviously. At some point, any point, I could lose Kylie. She could find a guy and fall in love or even make one small act of negligence and end up with a cross-eyed, buck-toothed, fat-ass baby. I don't know when that will happen because I can't see the zero-zero. Hence, and I really hate to use this analogy, I could very well already be after the 90, waiting for that stupid-ass ref to say some dumb shit like, F it, two more minutes. With all that in mind, you'll understand why I had to get up every five damn minutes to see if Kylie was there. Hence why I bought the aisle seats. My friend didn't mind, mostly because he was already tipsy enough to actually pay attention to the game, but also because I told him I'd bring him back a beer every other time. I'll spare you the details and just tell you that it was the first time I got up in the second half that I saw her. She was by the big-ass merch place, same branded windbreaker on as before. Once again, and as had become habit, I froze and just appreciated to further emphasize her beauty, I should mention that she doesn't even wear makeup to work, and she keeps her hair straight. Of course, she might have frizzy hair and have to labor to straighten it to look like this. I just want to be sure that she gets the proper respect for her efforts, no matter how little. Point is, she looked damn good. Now, this may come as a shock to you, but I have a very active imagination. Sometimes I'm afraid this takes on a mind of its own, and it just runs with ideas it wants to believe. For example, when I saw Kylie right then... I felt like there was a sadness in her eyes. Her smile was always radiant and unforgettable, especially with her signature front teeth, one of which has a deeper gum than the other. However, if you really look deeply into her eyes, even from 100 feet away, there was significantly less sparkle tonight. Is this just what I wanted to see? Am I just allowing myself room to add that sparkle? Anyway, today's goal was interaction, so I knew it was now or never. Once again, delaying serves no man, etc., etc. I walked over to her and shoved all my negative thoughts and insecurities down with my best effort, surprising even myself with how well I did. I approached at approximately a 45-degree angle so I couldn't be seen directly from far away, but also so it didn't look like an ambush. The key to approaching women, I know, says the dude who never has a girlfriend, is the same key to anything, really. Just do it. Even if you approach a stranger with a smile and a high, They'll probably smile back, 
you've already interacted more than the great majority of people who have found this person physically attractive. I tried to keep this in my head while I executed this next crucial step. One by one, my feet made their path toward Kylie, slicing the distance with every determined motion. At about 12 feet away, she turned, and that light that goes on when you see someone familiar, most people are strangers after all, illuminated. And I said, hey, how's it going? Do you work here too? I was very careful not to sell that surprise too much because that's a very easy reaction to botch. Then you end up just looking like a character in whatever garbage soap operas are still running. Fortunately, I can safely relate that I sold it just enough because she smiled back at me and said a healthy hello. She then explained that she did indeed work here. Of course, I already knew this, but she continued by telling me that she started this season and she was really enjoying the work, this being exactly what she wants to do after all. We went on really smooth just chatting about the team and yes, I lied a ton about following the galaxy, but soccer is such a basic sport that I could completely get away with like naming one player and saying stupid shit like, we just need to find a way to score more goals. I'm not going to go into the context of the convo because first of all, it's personal and secondly, it's boring. You know how these things go. It's like stupid BS small talk where you're pretty much just establishing that you're not a crazy person who's going to rape and dismember her. So you talk about junk like sports or weather enough so that she could see you don't spend all day DMing Instagram models for feet pics. Needless to say, I succeeded in this part. I would instead like to spend this time talking a little about Kylie and what makes her so intriguing, as simplified to what she exhibited in this very exchange. If aliens invaded Earth on a genocidal mission and launched a laser beam that swept over the surface at exactly five feet and one inch from the ground in hopes of wiping out the adult human race in one go, they would fail because Kylie would survive, at least that first attack. She's petite. Yes, I've always found this very attractive in women, but her petite is a special one. Ariana Grande is disturbing in how attractive she is because she's pretty much built like a little girl who still thinks you get pregnant from French kissing. Kylie is built like a woman. Think solid ballerina. Ballerina that power lifts, maybe. She has all the proportions and grace of a full-grown female, but it's all just in a smaller package. I literally just made fun of guys who buy feet pics and now I feel like I'm getting way too close to that fetishing vibe. So I'm just going to go ahead and move on. Presence is a big thing with her too. I know there's been legit studies on this stuff, but I can sense when she's around. I really can. And when I engage with her like I'm doing right now, it's like a different kind of existence. It's not a comfort like when I'm with her, I'm home. Nothing like that. It's more like on that episode of Rick and Morty. I know, I know, bear with me. When Rick creates perfect level for Morty, and he just stands on it, and then he stands on normal ground, and he freaks the F out. The true flat ground gave him the perspective to know how crooked his real world had been, and now he can't go back. He had to have his memory wiped. That's what being in Kylie's presence is like. Dramatic as all hell, I know, but it's accurate. When you leave her, you realize how less appealing being away from her is, and you crave being back in that true level presence immediately. Yes, yes, I've heard it a million times that the brain responds to love much like it does to cocaine, so that's probably the connection. But anyway, that's the big takeaway. Unless you want a novel, I better stop here. I actually don't care what you want. I don't have time for a novel. However, just to put a little more visual into your heads, she has blue eyes, short curly blonde hair, and always has a muted nail color on her long fake nails. She loves black and white bands and pants that cut off right at her ankles. Don't say shit. I know it's getting close to that feet pics thing again. That should be sufficient enough. Use your imagination for the rest. As we continue to chat, I start to see or start to convince myself that she really enjoys talking to me. Like she's not rushing away to interact with more fans or telling me she has to get back to work. Now, 
Remember, you don't really want total eye contact and such, but total attention is actually a very good thing. We get to a point talking about the best places to eat around Staples Center, and for a tiny moment, I may be thinking she just might, maybe even slightly or half-heartedly, be trying to suggest a place we can hang out, like on a date, I think. This complicates things. Asking her out has to take place on either the next game or the game after, allowing for one more game in case I need to smooth things over and possibly ask again. Can I break from the plan to ask her now? I guess it should be fine, especially if she's obviously leading me to that. Then again, if I'm way off and lying to myself, adding in beats and nuances that I want to be there but aren't actually there, I'm screwed. I'll come on way too strong, way too fast, and I'll have no time to recover. I try to steer the convo deeper into this direction, very, very carefully. I ask her if she's had this appetizer or that drink. I spin it into really emphasizing that she needs to try it ASAP to see how she responds. Does she lean into it? Like she agrees she does need to try it ASAP? Does she dare even make a big deal about how she doesn't have anyone to go with? No, she doesn't either. Am I waiting too long now? Is she getting turned off by how safe I'm playing it? Time, unlike in soccer, is ticking down to zero. I'm going to have to make a decision. When it comes to moments like these, it's almost always better to make the active choice as opposed to the passive one. Active choices win empires. Active choices also lose wars. I don't need to tell you that the stakes are the highest in love and war. At least, I hope I'm not the first person to tell you this. We're circling places around downtown Los Angeles, and it's just starting to sound stale, so it's now or never. I tell her the off-season is a great time to grab a whiskey ginger at this place because it's less crowded. Sure, there's less energy in the building, but it's nice to sit and enjoy a game or the company of someone special in a more relaxed environment. She agrees. I then say something about how I really need to head back there soon because it's been too long, and I swear I have this goddamn question loaded up in the chamber with that barrel pointed right between her eyes. Hammer back, finger on the trigger. All it's going to take is the lightest squeeze to get the shit done. What am I waiting for? I don't know what happened. Did I see the future? Did I see all the ways I could mess this up? Not just now, but at the bar, the second date, first vacation, the proposal, the wedding date, five years in, the third kid's fifth birthday party. Could all those thoughts have happened that fast? Is this how Clayton Kershaw feels when he Fs up a playoff game? She sensed me drifting off. Maybe my drop in energy and hit me with a, I should get back. She said something about how nice it was to talk. Interaction. That was the day's goal, but I failed the bigger mission. I'm not sure why it happened, but it did. Opportunity thrust its way into that fleeting moment, and I ran from it. There was still more time on the clock, but I didn't think I'd botch things this early. Was that my only chance? Most big opportunities don't come around more than once. I don't have time to think negatively like that, but in reality... Time doesn't care about your plans, no matter how elaborate and brilliant they might be. Guess it's more important to regroup. Can't think about how she might actually be offended or hurt that I didn't pull that trigger. Girls are usually trained on how to pull that first move out of a guy they like, and I'm sure she's had plenty of eligible guys who she's had to goad into asking her out and cuffing her. Yeah, I don't have time to overthink this. There's three games left to execute. Three games, and then nothing. Straight up staring into the void. Like I said before, and still vehemently adhere to as a fundamental principle of life, time is the ultimate enemy. She wasn't there the next two games. Or maybe she just didn't leave the office. 
Nothing I can do, really. Can't wallow in self-pity, as tempting as that might sound. There's no sign being sent, or gonna be sent to me. Master of my own fate and all that. Despite a previously made point, I think I'm definitely starting to see the 90. Okay, here it is. Mistakes were made, but other goals were hit with aplomb. No more playing. We have one game left to get it right. Let's do it. Honestly, how many times have I been here before? How many times have I backed off when it was time to strike? Blaming it on a botched plan or a choke or any little off element that I gave my power away to and then said that element itself kept me from what I should be experiencing. That time she was baiting me into asking her out was just my inner personas fighting each other for control of a situation that was obviously handcrafted for me to achieve my goal. Handcrafted by a higher being that is burning midnight goddamn oil to get me into something positive. Like that NFL domestic abuse commercial that always felt like a very, very dark joke. No more. No more plans. No more data gathering. No more tactics. No more botches. No more self-destruction. Saturday, August 9th. Dignity Health Sports Complex, Carson, California. Kylie is either mine or she isn't. I will force that turning point. Blah, blah, blah. I got to the stadium and got in. It's hot today. I don't know why I had to specify that. It's August in LA. Galaxy are playing a team from Columbus, so I assume they're going to demolish. From what I hear, the team looks ready for a good playoff run. As you can tell by how I'm actually talking about the soccer team, at this point I'm willing to find any and all distraction for what needs to be done tonight. Though rest assured, I won't let those thoughts slow me down. I'm nervous. This is 100% my fault, so I deserve to feel nervous. I'm alone today. No reason for anyone to be here. Just more distraction. Why is this so important to me? Hobo Johnson has a lyric I really don't like thinking about, but it's, um... I love the thought of being with you. Or maybe it's the thought of not being so alone. She's here. Remember what I said about presents? I can feel it right now, even though all I can see is this super fat kid eating a churro. Why do his parents do that to him? They're confusing gifting a carnal pleasure for expressing love. I guess a lot of people do this since love is such a misunderstood concept, or maybe not. Maybe we do understand it. It's just so simple we overthink it. It was John Mayer who said, love is a verb. That's pretty simple, but not really. At least it puts the emphasis on the action quality of the concept. There she is. Thank God, had it been any longer, who knows where my overactive mind would have taken me. Coming up some profound line of logic that ultimately could cure mankind's appetite for constant happiness, all by solidifying my inability to ever attain any myself. See, lots of BS and no Kylie, not a good deal. I'm within striking distance. That, that's a weird way to put it. F it. I walk up to her and say hi. Her hair is extra curly today. I'm proud to say that I resisted the urge to say, weird running into you here. Instead, I just gave her a quick test. I swear this is the only one to see how interested she was in talking to me. She had to be tired of me by now as an acquaintance. So if she still conversed with me without breaking, she must like me in some way. Am I really still doing these tests? In real life, you can't stop to analyze how something is going. This is another reason we love sports. If you're getting your ass beat five minutes into the second quarter, you can't really do anything. There's a certain skill in managing the game from that point until you can get to halftime and readjust. Of course, in real life, we usually have to make an improvisational decision and then just roll with it. It's rare we can plan things out in detail. Even if we could, we run the risk of botching the prep and having to ride a bad plan into battle, in which case we'd still have to make some improv decision at some point 
and again, run with whatever the result was. I tried to plan my way into Kylie's life. Maybe it would make more sense to say I tried to scheme her into mine. The need to prepare like a battle for something as organic as love is a bit troubling, if I'm being perfectly honest. Like I said earlier, people like to compare love and war, but they're really direct opposites. One is a profound concept we don't fully understand, and one is perhaps the worst thing that humans have stumbled upon. One is spontaneous and liberating, while the other is ugly and just sad, and only one is necessary. As I look back, nothing could have been more foolish than to approach love as one does war. My only frame of reference was plain logic, and that's why I didn't and couldn't understand my folly. I ran into the common error of seeing every problem as a nail because all I had was a hammer. This didn't mean I was doomed from the start, but only that I had a lot less control than I had thought. I spent hours and hundreds of dollars, seriously, just to do what could have been done months ago for little to no money down. Perhaps the biggest thing I learned while trying to find and charm Kylie at the diggy was that you can study and study concepts. You can commit them to memory. You can bring them up at parties and workshop them with different socioeconomic groups. You can build your entire life around them. And you can and probably still will violate them yourself. Sometimes you must. How many stupid-ass things did I say and blindly adhere to while focusing on my target? How many did I ignore when I needed them the most? Kylie rattled me like I had never been rattled before. Then she taught me what I thought I already knew. Ultimately, I'm stronger and wiser and definitely humbled. That's what I'm most proud of. Not just making it through five soccer games, it's self-deserving of some kind of commendation. No, my proudest achievement this summer was that at the end, I was wise enough to see what went wrong. Even in the many adjustments, I was separate enough from my ego to really learn what I needed. These transcended Kylie, romantic love, maturity, whatever. It was all that I needed right when I needed it. She said yes, by the way. Right away, too. Ah, I'm probably too hard on soccer. That was Kylie Works at the Diggy, written, produced, and performed by me, Josh Ramirez. Make sure you're following me on YouTube and on my Wattpad to get the stories a little early, and coming soon to podcasts everywhere you get them. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed.